I got cut off. Back, back, back. Mic check. Yeah, it's still COVID-19. So, uh, it's quite a lot of shit going on. See, a lot of people make videos. They make it in the studio or audios and they get in the studio. I've got to be making videos and fucking try and make it when there's loads of people around me. You know, there's people walking past or fucking people just fucking walking in saying, wanting shit from me. So it's fucking hard. And then there's noise in the background, you know, so it's going to... I haven't got the fucking equipment to be, you know, the right type of equipment or studios to do that. That's why I'm straight underground when, when I was doing my fucking album, whatever I've been doing. It's straight raw underground shit. It's always been that way with me. Like the business SFS for discounts. It's always underground. Underground shit, man. That's how it is. You know, SFS for discounts. You can see me selling something in, in the woods, man. Like I'm a 10p, man, selling some nuts or some coconuts or some raisins. Or, or just like in the, in the swamp down in your bike by the river selling bananas and, and peanuts and, and little little grains of salt and playing stick wars with my dog Hershey. Twig wars, stick wars, whatever wars. But I will find the coconut and it will be very special. When I get free, when lockdown ends, I will be sailing for three days. No matter what weather, I will be slicing through the tribes to get to the shark to finally, finally go to the treasure chest and get the coconut and inhale it and go beyond the cosmos and beyond infinity. Well, I go past Buzz Lightyear and me Zen and me God. But it's very interesting, you know, life. Uh, sometimes. Like, uh, lots of people have had COVID in next door neighbour. My family's had it and I've been around them, but I've always tested negative. Don't know why, because... Last year, before COVID, I was fucking mashing it with MMA in the gym and everything. You know, I was on a fucking roll. I, I was like, you know, on a roll. Creatively, the business, I was on a roll. And then once COVID hit, I kind of stopped. Like, for the first two months, I was still, you know, I thought, like, I'm not going to let this defeat me. I'm going to still do my MMA and my bag and weights, but it just got to a point where I started just losing interest in that, and then I just got into a habit where I just, just like got up and thought, "Fuck this!" And it's hard when you got no one to speak to except you from your dog, and uh, you just—it's uh, just an excuse to, "Oh, I'll take it easy." Oh, I won't do anything because there's people that are dying at the moment from COVID. So I should... I, I, I'm I like the feeling that I feel guilty if I'm going out feeling good and running or 
going out on adventures and stuff like that. It's like, why don't I just sit in my house and be miserable too, like everyone else? You know. It's Flutster! Ha <laughs> ha! <Flutside. laughs> I wanna be a banana! Just in a black down under! Shit, I had to escape the indoors because too many people around me. So I've just, I've cut this uh, fucking recording. It's not going to be the best because I just walked a mile to get to a quiet place by a river to record the rest of this worst podcast ever recorded. And probably no one will fucking listen to it anyway. So, uh, there you go. So, um, yeah. Plenty of people have been getting COVID around me, but I seem to be getting negative results. I'm just wondering when this shit will end, you know. Just like uh, when Donald Trump will uh, finally shut his uh, big fat reptilian mouth about... uh, Losing the election. Um, And maybe starting a war in America. Um, Because Donald Trump isn't done until he's done. You know. If Donald Trump believes that he lost the election. I mean if he, he won the election. He won. If Donald Trump believes that the sky is green. The sky is fucking green. I mean... That's all I've got to say, but during all this lockdown shit, uh, I've basically been, uh, you know, I've got a lot of time on my hands to get into a lot of stuff that I've never been into, like, I never was into Star Wars, you know, I started, like, watching and reading loads of books on that, I just listened to so many fucking audiobooks, it's unreal, I've got enough books to last me a fucking lifetime, I mean, um, listening to this book now sapiens i'd uh recommend it very fucking uh classic book um describing human history and how uh libertarianism basically got demolished by the ag- agricultural revolution yeah lots of podcasts uh russell brand's become a good one a good uh, favorite one of mine gotta admit uh, I listen to a lot of the, this guy. Uh, I kind of have mixed feelings about him. Uh, he thinks he's God, but I'm not too sure about that. I thinks everyone else is God. Well, yeah, I am fucking God, motherfucker. Right, but uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, it's called. Uh, it's called uh, Neo, but he's put an L to it, so it's Neo. If you ever listen to him on a YouTube, he puts like uh, videos out on YouTube, various videos about different topics. I don't really like his complex topics and uh, the one about libertarianism because he's got it twisted, that one. If you want books on that and why libertarianism don't work, then you go on to, you read the book Sapiens and you'll get a better understanding about that. That's all I've got to say. 
I mean, rambling on for three hours plus about that. I mean, the guy's fucking clever, you know what I mean? In, in an intellectual way, the guy, the guy know, you know, he's, uh, he's there. But um, sometimes I think certain videos of sin of him, he might just have a bit of a spiritual ego. Well, I've only been watching him for about a month or two. His last video he did, it was a pretty... I actually enjoyed it. It was uh, realising that you are God. And the only thing that exists is what you see and perceive in your consciousness right here, right now. Which is kind of like true, really. Like, I, I didn't need any telling that. Because I always used to think like that when I was a kid. I always used to think... Um, Am I the only person that exists in this world? Is this the only thing that fucking exists? Is everything else, even people, everything that exists just a program? Am I the only one that actually exists? And it could still truly be the case. Nobody might not exist. I might be the only fucking one. So I knew it's coming from in that video. And certain other videos where he explains how to uh, letting go and stuff like that. His, his practice, videos where he does his practices, he's, he's, pretty, he's pretty good at uh, laying the foundations on that one. So I like those videos. But, um, as a t he, he uh, puts out a lot of content on different things, so you can't really take him too seriously as a self-help teacher. Only on his simple videos. When he starts going into complexity about them, and uh, really he needs to... It's not as pure as someone like Tishnak Khan or Eckhart Tolle by the way he speaks. And he's not as efficient as a, and uh, as direct as uh, Alan Watts is, is concerned. You know, he's not as pure as that. Well, he's young, so he's 40, 30, 40 or something. But some of his videos, like, I, I, I say to myself, he's a fucking... This guy's got a fucking ego, still. Uh, he's been a bit of a dickhead. I feel like going through the TV and smashing his head in. On the video where he says, you're stupid. I'm like, who the fuck are you calling stupid? It's like he's calling it to my fucking face, like, you know. Say it to my face, motherfucker. You think you're that fucking uh, mentally advanced. You cunt! I'll slap you the fucking yeah, slap you about everywhere from here to Timbuk fucking cloud one nine, motherfucker. But uh, I, you know what I'm saying? To live it, you you just talking, motherfucker. You gotta live it. Like people like Wim Hof and David Goggins, you don't say that shit for YouTube. Like, I'm not gonna say I'm fucking enlightened and any of that shit. I'm far from fucking enlightened. I'm off my fucking head. You know? I have stages where I'm quiet and that that's what I mean. I don't talk about this shit. I just stay quiet. You feel like I'm not gonna make videos about something that I'm not a master at. I think people that make them sort of videos should be of lived life and really gone into them deep into them cultures and deep into themselves not just uh, had some a couple of psychedelic experience and then think that you sussed it all out I mean psychedelics is the total opposite really of uh, so-called enlightenment 
because enlightenment means that you're present with every situation real real enlightenment is you're present with every situation and it doesn't mean that you'll never get angry again or pissed off again or have um, crazy thoughts again you will but you'll see it in a different way type of thing you know but saying that the, the, the guy has got uh, some good content I mean it varies what content you want but it comes out of a different lot of different things so it's hard, it gets confusing sometimes with him so I don't know him as a person so I can't say anything bad about him because I don't, I don't know him as a person you know just like any of these teachers or any of these celebrities I don't fucking know him so how can I, how can I say anything bad or good about him I just, I'm just living what I'm living in my cipher you know yeah I got into a lot of type of shit you know obviously sports have been back on but there's no like crowds or anything um, but it's good I'm very very though disappointed at what transpired especially in basketball there's uh, you know if I said that I'm a die-hard fan of the Clippers because uh, <laughs> Kawhi Leonard plays for him and I thought like Kawhi was the best player in the world last season and I still thought that Kawhi is overtooking LeBron in being the best basketball player in the world because of what he did at the Raptors and the season he had with the Clippers last season was great until they got into the bubble we're 3-1 up against the fucking Den Denver Mac Nuggets and fucking hell it was just so devastating but no longer were we 3-1 up in the playoffs but we were fucking thrashing them like every half in the next three games we were fucking 20 or so points ahead of them and they just came back and beat us it was just the most fucked up thing ever it was like when Manchester United scored them two goals in stoppage time against Bayern Munich to win the fucking treble even though that was one of the best days of my fucking life this type of shit was the worst day of my life and saying that about Manchester United it backfired on Manchester United yesterday because Everton scored a fucking late goal just as United was so fucking that's United's MO that's what United are so popular in doing is scoring them late fucking goals under Alex Ferguson you know 20 years ago you'd always get them late goals from United you couldn't rest the last 15 minutes Manchester United were playing you couldn't rest but getting on to the Clippers, man, it was, it's just fucking devastating. Uh, I think the team wasn't, didn't play very much last year. Like, as well, so that could have been another factor. Like, Kawhi Leonard didn't play all his games. Paul George didn't play all his games. He didn't really shine last year like he's shining now. And, uh... 
you know, the team wasn't doing what it's doing now with the passing and it's uh, the flow, the flow of game. Like I think it's developed this now. It's developed this triangle offense where the fluidity of the passes and the play is a lot more t team based and they've come together a lot more as a team this season. As last season, they really. Uh, it was all about like Kawhi coming in and Paul George coming in who's the leader and really they weren't cooperating together as much even though they had a fantastic season up to the point where they had to suspend the season because of Covid um, yeah it was just that it was just them three fucking games that crushed us absolutely crushed us and so yeah, LeBron James is still the fucking king of the castle. He's still the best player in the NBA for now. But now it's between three players in my opinion. To between Kevin KD's back uh, and the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, let me just get three players. So yeah, KD, LeBron, and Kawhi. They're the three fucking players that that are the best in the NBA right now. And obviously you got Dion Cech, who plays for the Dallas Mavs, uh, Tatum for the Celtics, and Yanis uh, still coming up. Um, great, uh, great young players that will probably be the best in the future. But yeah, I'd say Kawhi was the best until then, and then LeBron took his king back back but now the Clippers are playing so fucking well they did lose against uh, the Nets recently after having a fucking 7-8 game winning victory I mean just the way they're playing I don't know if it's the new management because of Ty Lue coming in and Doc firing Doc Rivers I don't know if that was the right thing to do I thought the right thing to do was fire Paul get rid of Paul George but I'm pretty wrong about that because Paul George is actually playing fantastic he's really he's really come on this season he's really found his groove um, I don't know getting rid of Doc Rivers because he's doing well at the 76ers I've heard I mean they're, they're, they've been winning the games but uh, Ty Lue I think I think he's come with a different philosophy so maybe that is the case because they're playing as a team better and I think Kawhi has uh, took over and George has took over that uh, leadership role is really last season they didn't have that leadership that real leadership so they could push their other players to victory like uh, like Jordan did for the Bulls like if they weren't playing as good as him you, you, you'd have the worst time in your fucking life because Jordan would fucking be on you on you and literally to the point that you want to die or you have a mental physical breakdown because Jordan would push you so much. There's very few people that could keep up with Jordan's demands. And I think LeBron probably brings that to his team because he's very uh, open-minded the way he speaks. LeBron is. Uh, as Kawhi is very... Uh, doesn't really speak ever. But I think uh, now he's trying to come out of the... the, the uh, the sidebar mentality of the Terminator, even though he is still quiet, but when it comes down to playing basketball, he is all business. And Kawhi is playing as good as ever. 
everyone on the Clipper team is playing good. I mean, we did get rid of Trez, which I thought was a, a major part in a, the way we played last year, how great we played, especially in the paint. I mean, he's the best. He's the most fucking strongest, deadliest player when you're in the paint. He's a junkyard dog. We had a we had a fucking team of an attitude like Trez and Beverly, like Beverly's like the new Dennis Rodman, like them two personalities, like they were the personalities of the team. I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty disappointed that we got rid of Trez, but we've got three new players, especially Abaka, who I knew from the Raptors, who's uh, one of the best uh, blocking defenders in the game and a great three-point shooter that's why they call him a blocker and uh, you've got Luke Kennard who's really he's very playing with his philosophy he can knock some great shots down Kennard and Batum he's a good three-point shooter as well so then them two two players actually have brought some some uh, great elements to the Clippers, especially Kennard. I mean, he finds his spots like Leonard does, and uh, he can create plays like Leonard does. Which is better. He's showing some great will. So is Ter Terence Mann's coming into his own as well. So that's good. I mean, Luke. The only the only uh, thing is Luke. He he really uh, hasn't really been himself this season like he was last season or prior season maybe because he hasn't got Trez or whatever but uh, he's not found his groove yet but I think he's getting there in the past few games but we've just been fucking mashing it we're actually top of the fucking table Utah Jazz are like second and that's because of our passing I don't know whether Ty Lue's done what Phil Jackson done with the triangle offense or whatever, but we're just passing it in really. Passing it with fluidity and like with the number one three point shooters in the game right now. I mean, you don't think it, the Clippers. I mean, the guy who's scoring took over Trez's role in the paint is fucking Zubak. He, he's been playing great this season with his dunks and his uh, junkyard dog mentality that Trez had with his dunks. But against the big team, Brooklyn Nets, who, to be honest, I think are the favourites to win this year. Either them, Lakers, or us, the Clippers. But I think the Nets, they've got three fucking all-stars. They've got James Harden, Kyrie Irving, who can score from anywhere, anytime, and KD, Kevin Durant, probably the best player in the NBA, alongside LeBron and Kawhi. KD, when, when he gets going, you can't stop him. He's a seven-foot fucking unstoppable, untouchable machine. So, uh, Brooklyn Nets are really deep. They're like, you know, the Golden State was a couple of years back when he had three, three major all-stars on the team. It's kind of unfair, but, you know, they're going to be the team to beat. As well as, well as the Lakers, obviously. Because the Lakers, the Lakers have even got a better team. Because they stole Trez from us. And um, they got Gazole from the Raptors. 
and Squaw, so uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name. But yeah, I was just disappointed that we didn't get that series with the Lakers because the Nuggets beat us. They're so devastating. I mean, the UFC is still going on. Th that hasn't stopped. I kind of like it that there's no crowds involved and you get to hear all the punches and kicks. I'm kind of jealous because I'm not doing any MMA. I've put on some weight. But um, yeah, that, there's been some good fights. Uh, Khabib, uh, obviously, kind of retired, I think. I don't think he's going to come back. And I wouldn't if I was Khabib. Because he's beating everyone, really. So he don't really need to come back. His dad's died. His mum wants to do the tradition of him running the gym to train younger fighters. So, uh, yeah, Khabib really doesn't need to come back. He's beating everyone. I think the only time Khabib will come back is if uh, GSP wants to fight him. Now he had a recent fight with Connor, and uh, it's not that Connor is fight with Connor against Khabib. Connor was not in good shape. Connor was fighting like Connor does, but Dustin Poirier has evolved so much since they last encountered each other. He just knew how to pick McGregor apart, and I know through doing MMA that you start off either by pressuring them, wrestling them, feeling them out with jabs, wrestling them, putting them against the fence, wearing them down, or the most efficient way is leg kicks. If you get the first round off with leg kicks, you're deadening the leg, and they're late, they got no defense. And you could see Connor usually has a wide stance, but in the second round, his stance was very narrow and rigid. So as he usually throws punches with fluidity, he was kind of throwing stiff punches. And then when it came to defend himself, when Poirier finished him off, he couldn't because his leg was absolutely fucked because of the amount of leg kicks that Poirier gave him. Um, Michael Chandler, he's a very interesting fighter. I've seen him in Bellator. He's going to be a top contender. I wouldn't have him facing Poirier just yet though because he's only had one fight so it's a bit unfair. Obviously he could. He could give Poirier a match. He, he's on that level. To, he's on that level of Dustin Poirier, no doubt. But the problem is he's only had one fight in the organisation. So it's pretty unfair. He needs to pay his dues a bit. But yeah, of course he could hang with Dustin Poirier. I'd put him in a fight with Ferguson or even maybe uh, McGregor. Look at that example. If McGregor's saying what he's saying that he's going to continue fighting, then yeah. Obviously he's got a different attitude about him now. He's not that overconfident, ferocious, uh, flamboyant McGregor that we're used to seeing. Whether that's good or bad, depends. I mean, it worked in his last fight against Cerrone but I don't Cerrone's kind of old I, don't, uh, I, just, I think McGregor really he's not as good as he was when you know on his peak when he fought Alvarez 
But he could get better. McGregor, you know, he, could, he pulls stuff out. But it's just that he's got he's committed to other things. So, like, Poirier is just committed to fucking mixed martial arts. That's the point. So, uh, the MMA is lighting up. Uh, a little bit. In football, Manchester United are coming back stronger than ever. For the old days, like... Uh, but City, City overtook them, but we were top of the league for a bit. I mean, we won 9-0 this week. 9 motherfucking nil. I think that's the biggest score in Premiership history against Southampton. But our team's coming together. I mean, that new signing, United have got Cavani. I mean, he's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a veteran, but he's a great striker. Marcus Rashford's still playing well. Fernandez, the fucking goal he scored against Everton, goal of the fucking season. That fucking chip, that, that lob, right into the top left-hand corner. Can't get a goal better than that. Pogba, obviously he's a great fucking player. Martial now. Martial is a great player, but this season he's been playing like shit. He really needs to step his game up. Just Martial, in my opinion. We can tell that Oli Solskjaer, one of my favourite players of all time, the guy who scored the winning goal, to win us the treble and always brought that extra excitement late in the match that United spirit he was the he was part of the cause that United spirit in the in the 90s that uh, won us late matches I mean that was my favourite team in United in the 90s 99 when we had Nicky Butt Phil Gary Neville Yapstam Scorsi Giggs Keane, Beckham, York, Andy Cole, Solskjaer and Sheringham. That team was just unstoppable. And it weren't the best team in the world, like the players at the time. Because you had like the original Ronaldo from Brazil, you had Zola, you had Zidane, you had Henri, you had Anelka, Dennis Bergkamp, and all them. Uh, other top class players many more so they weren't like our team had top class players the way our, it was our team spirit so that, that was the best era for United you know because they were young players but they weren't like you say the top players in the world but it's just how the team was like in our next like success in the noughties you had like the, we, we kind of acquired a lot of money, so we had like obviously the best player ever, in my opinion, Cristiano Ronaldo, and you had Rooney, you know, the top class players, and Rio Ferdinand. So we really had we had world class players in that the run that we had in the noughties. But I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is kind of a, an apprentice for Alex Ferguson, you know? 
I think he's getting there. This season he's really showing some good improvements. I mean, it's disappointing that we got knocked out of the Champions League. But we, stick, we, we beat Liverpool in the FA Cup. We're in the title race with City. Leicester and Liverpool a bit behind us. So really, you know, we, we can do it. We, you know, this season's using promises for us. So I think Oli Solskjaer is a great apprentice for Ferguson because he knows how Ferguson operates and obviously he's going to have Alex Ferguson in his ear you know uh, egging him on you know Fergie egging him on so he is the apprentice of uh, Alex Ferguson yeah uh, WWE went on the Wrestlemania last year was the most craziest most deranged Wrestlemania you could ever have it was just so stupid it felt like uh, one of them cheap warehouse productions where you'd go with a couple of your mates to an abandoned warehouse and uh, have a couple of pro wrestling fake fighting matches uh, that's what it felt like Wrestlemania I mean Boneyard match was alright but now we've got this upcoming Wrestlemania they've got a stadium the Thunderdome and all that and I'm pleased with uh, Drew McIntyre you know been on a good journey he's the new like face but Roman Reigns I'm really impressed with Roman's new character I've, I've been wanting this from Reigns for a while to come into his own because that whole thing of him trying to be a John Cena type of wrestler really didn't resonate with me or anything I mean you could tell by Roman Reigns especially you know with that match against Shemness way way back that like he's aggressive he's one bird motherfucking Samoan you know the demands respect. Now he's a tribal chief trying to protect his cubs. He's doing a damn good job of it. And I like that tribal chief, uh, head of the table character that he's got. Because it's true to Samoan culture and to cultures in general, the tribes. They have the tribal chief, the head of the table. The guy who looks after his cubs and protects him. You gotta know who you're leaders are going to be and who's going to be under you but no one could defeat you I mean the only thing with that is to just he needs a big faction so I'm hoping in months to come he develops a faction but I'm pleased that Edge who's one of the greatest of all time it's a miracle that he ever come back but Edge has accomplished pretty much everything that a pro wrestler could ever accomplish um, came from number one and won the rumble now you say oh Edge is a bit too old but no because Edge is uh, a fucking legend and you know he's been out for 10 years and he's accomplished everything it's like Shawn Michaels when he came back I mean Edge is a force to be reckoned with 
you know, the miracle that he came back, he's accomplished pretty much everything. Probably even more than Shawn Michaels has. I'm interested to see whether he'll go against Roman or Drew. Now, if I was the booker, I'd put him against Drew McIntyre. Only because I want to see this dream match, which would make sense for Roman Reigns and everything, would be The Rock to come back and face Roman at WrestleMania. Because of this whole Samoan heritage thing and being the chief, tribal chief of his family, of his Samoan family, The Rock can come in and say, hold up. No, you ain't the tribal chief. Who the hell you think you are? This is family. The Rock. What about all I've accomplished? Obviously The Rock, obviously, has made a bigger mark in wrestling than Roman has. And he can come back and then they can fight for the position of the tribal chief. Roman Reigns is like, I'm the tribal chief. The Rock is like, no, you forgot something. It's me. And obviously The Rock will come back as a baby face. Is that and uh, the rock will be like, you're forgetting something. The real tribal chief is the rock, so Roman Reigns better know your damn role and get back to the bottom of the table where you belong because the rock will kick your candy ass back there. So that'll be interesting, but I don't know what the rock's doing. Obviously, he's in great shape, so he could come back if he wanted to. Wouldn't be hard. You don't need much of an athletic match. You don't need to be a much of an athletic match with Roman. So that'd be great. That that would be that would make WrestleMania really attractive if you bring The Rock back to face Roman. Hopefully that that will happen. So yeah, I've been uh, just got so many books. I've been very isolated. Uh, that's why I'm doing this podcast because I'm trying to speak because I haven't been speaking and uh, my lips feel like they've been permanently shut and like when I try and open my lips it's like uh, they're stuck do you know like when uh, Harry in Dumb and Dumber had his tongue stuck to the uh, pole when he was going on that little merry-go-round ride in Aspen. Kind of like that. It's kind of my face feels like a... Like three big rocks are pushing it in. Squeezing it in. Like my, my face is being squeezed in. My jaw is like locked. Like my face is being locked. Like there's a big machine pushing every muscle to my face in. So, um, yeah, it's good talking. <laughs> I don't get a chance to talk. I've been playing a lot of games. You know, I need to get back to normal. You know. Got to stay active, though. Got to keep my mind going. But like I said, I've got so many books. It's unfucking real. I'm getting, getting a bit bored of the self-help books, you know. So what I do is now I write things, like Bruce Lee said, obtain what is useful 
discard what is useless. So now I'm listening to him. I'm noting it down. The the things that are useful. That comes part of this show. If you want to call it a show. And obviously, I'm pretty fascinated with what's been going on with this fucking maniac. Well, he's not a maniac to me because I'm crazy as it is. But Donald Trump is a fucking... Like, I don't see why people are blaming him for the COVID thing because it's China's fault. China are the ones. And I'm writing this in my book, The Art of SFS Part 2. China is the main culprit for this. They're covering it up. And everything. The problem with Donald Trump and why so many deaths in America, even though this country on data has the most deaths because of the size of our country. Obviously, we don't have the most deaths, but we do in a geographical sense because our country is very small. We have the most deaths of COVID in the UK than any other country in the world. But America's second. And a lot of people blame Trump, but I can't blame Trump for a reason that everyone knows that Donald Trump was unfit. When you hear his speeches and the way he speaks and the way his character is and how he handles things, you think that Donald Trump is going to be able to handle a fucking pandemic. A fucking worldwide pandemic. Come on, he can't even handle his own fucking family. Or his own business. It's like getting me to look after fucking 20 dogs. And expect them all to come back. I mean, fucking about 15 of them will probably go fucking missing. I mean, Donald Trump can't handle that. He knows nothing about diseases and shit. All Donald Trump knows how to do is big himself up and... Say, yes, I'm Donald Trump and I'm a self-made billionaire and I have the Trump organization on lock. Like I am Donald Trump, look how great I am. I'm the best golf player there ever is, even though I really can't play that well. Oh, I'm the best businessman ever, even though I just lent borrowed money to make it or whatever. I mean, it's been hilarious watching Donald Trump, a president, be so out of control. But then again, obviously for Americans, it probably hasn't. Uh, it's probably been a nightmare for them. So really, I, don't, I think people voted for Joe Biden to really get Trump out. Because I think Trump is, he's not the worst president United States ever had not like Bush or Clinton or your Reagan Nixon or any of them he's just that he's unfit he's mentally unfit to hold uh, the office really he's, you know he's, he just doesn't know really how to do it he doesn't know what he's doing kind of I don't know uh, kind of it's like, like asking me to be president. I mean, come on, man. The world would end in about a year, in about a week. So, really, how he became president in the first place was just beyond me. But his speeches are hilarious for someone who doesn't live in America, I suppose. There's a little YMCA dances kind of. Kind of, he kind of does the Vince McMahon thing. 
He's kind of like a Putin wannabe. He thinks he, he wants to be like Vladimir Putin, but he's not as uh, cold or calculated, in my opinion, or as organised as Vladimir Putin is, or a Kim Jong-un. That's what he was trying to be, with him being president. Um, yeah. Donald Trump was trying to be like that. Or, you know, he's got that kind of Vince McMahon attitude. That's why him and Vince get along a lot. Even though Vince is a self-made person. Um, and breathes wrestling. And Donald Trump gets a lot of his shit and a lot of his antics from Vince, I think. Like the whole Apprentice thing and the whole celebrity, you're fired. And these outlandish... Uh, outspoken fucking shit that he comes out with. I don't even think he knows that he's coming out of him most of the time. Because he repeats himself and then the next fucking rally contradicts himself. And I don't know if he believes he's what he's actually saying. It's kind of fucking hilarious that he says it was stolen. The election was stolen. Can't you see? This fake fake news, fake ballots. It's all stolen. I'd done more for the black community than anyone else. But we might believe that. You know. I don't you know, Donald Trump is an egomaniac and a narcissist. A racist, I don't know. That lawyer of his read his book Disloyal, listened to his podcast, he believes so. Obviously, you have to take his word kinda seriously because he was a very close lawyer to him. So I recommend that podcast, Mayor Culpra. Because he's like an inside guy for Trump. He's working on the inside. But, you know, he, he, he the problem is he hates Trump so much for portraying him. He could be on a... It seems like sometimes his agenda is to destroy Trump. Just like, you know, the other media outlets like CNN and all that. I mean... So Trump does have a case when he says fake news, because a lot of news is fake. And I agree with Trump on uh, the China thing. You know, but if the shit is true about him backing white supremacists and all that now, no, no, he's a piece of shit. And obviously what he did with the Mexican kids and all that, that, that shit was fucking out of order. That's some Nazi type shit. So, it's kind of... And the Capitol Hill thing, obviously I'm not an American so it didn't really hit me so hard. It kinda kinda was pretty entertaining really. It was like when it, you know, in Gotham when you have uh, everyone rioting and the whole pit the asylum seekers come out in the asylum and raid Gotham like Joker and take over Gotham and uh, raid the whole establishment. It was kinda like that but in real life. I mean you had Chewbacca <laughs> <laughs> in the house whether it was insurrection or a fucking clown party something that is gonna be having movies about I don't really know but it was obviously Trump did incite it with his speech <laughs> and he's been impeached second time so we'll see what happens with that well that was kind of but uh, <laughs> he really wanted to kill his Mike Pence the guy who's the most close to him in his campaign and that Nancy Pelosi. Uh, 
And he's got to make for a lot of interest. There's so many books about Trump and so many books to come about him. So it's going to be very interesting. His legacy, really. The most fucking unorthodox, fucked up president has ever been. Anyway, uh, I've got to go. Because I'm running out of things to say. So I'll see you all on the next episode. Hell yeah!